Episode 17. Is there a rapture? If you were brought up in the church or if you heard any type of Christian teachings, they've told us since we're little there's a rapture, a great taken away will take place where you're here one minute and gone the next second. This great disappearing act will take place. No one knows when. Just be ready. Make sure you have Jesus in your heart and be ready at all times for this rapture to take place. And so as you read the scripture, you go through different chapters and you're trying to find the word rapture in the Bible and you can't find it. There's no rapture in the Bible. So is there a rapture? Many people are thinking about the times we're living in now in the middle of a pandemic where there's a man-made virus that's spreading throughout the land of America and also other continents as well. People are frantic. There's a lot of chaos, confusion. Everyone's looking to science to kind of figure out what's going on. But I don't think science can fix this. The government cannot fix this. Only the Most High can. Only Yah can fix this. There's certain times in the Bible where Yah lets things happen for a reason. And it's for his purpose. It may look like it's difficult to, to understand and comprehend, but we don't understand his mind. No one can comprehend the mind of Yah. He created the heavens and the earth. He created myself. He created you. So we have to trust his plan and know that whatever he is doing, it's going to work out for the good of them that love him. And so if you love him and you serve him, it's going to work out for our good. So we've been taught that living this life, we can pretty much name it and claim it. Whatever we want from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we can ask and he can give it to us. There's a timetable, you know, for Yah and how he operates. He's not just a name it, claim it type of being. He is a being that requires us to live by his standards, live by his laws, his commandments, live by the Torah. So this name it and claim it has given us this unction or understanding that we can pretty much have whatever we want, but we have to ask the question is whatever we're asking for, whatever we name it and claim it, is this in God's perfect will? Is it a benefit for you and your family in the present and in the long run? Or is this something that you just need right now because you have to have it? And living in a first world country where we have everything at our leisure, we can order something and have it delivered the same exact day within a couple of hours. So we're used to having things right away on our timetable, but we're missing the whole point of our existence, which is what does y'all want? See what y'all wants. So this rapture, comes to mind now because we're living literally in the last of the last days where there's earthquakes. There was earthquakes in Texas in the South uh, this week. There's a pandemic. Different people are dying. They first said that this pandemic, this virus would only affect older people and those with pre-existing conditions. But we see that there are young people that are dying. So they misled the public in understanding the virus itself. But this virus, when it came out, I immediately just saw it as judgment, that this was judgment. And we had to pray. We had to seek the face of y'all. At the same time, prepare naturally for what's about to happen or what's unfolding. Many people are you know, have been taught, you know, in their churches that, you know, this is a year of us to, to receive all of what God has for us, all his blessings and all of the, the great things we've been asking and praying for and believing to receive. It's our time to get that. But no one has been focusing on the timetable of Yah. And his timetable is pretty accurate to a T, 
per the Bible, and also the apocrypha, the missing books that they intentionally left out to keep us confused and keep us in this place of not really knowing what's going on. But the Bible is there. It's pretty accurate, considering there's been a lot of manipulation with the Bible, there's been a lot of changes with the Bible, but the core of it is still perfect. Despite of what they've done to it and the different variations and different versions of the Bible, Yah has maintained a level of credibility in it that we can understand what time we're living in and what's next on the timetable. And so we've lived this life for many, many years. There's many that's gone before us. There are people living now that's 100 years old. There are people that are just, just born. So there's a lot of time that has, a, has elapsed since Yeshua even died on the tree. As we live each day, things in Yah's perspective is not getting better. And I mean by his standard of living, how we're supposed to live our lives, you don't see an increase in people wanting to understand the Torah, understand the Ten Commandments, even teaching their children how to live per the Ten Commandments and live by the Torah. Yes, there are things in the Torah that does not apply to us because of the time we're living in, but still the core of it, the foundation of it, how to live and how to follow the Sabbath and keep it holy. We talked before about Japhet and how they were able to use their giftings to cover the earth, literally go to every continent and take control they created the Christian religion. This was a religion that was created for them and by them through their, their Greek and Latin understandings. The Christian faith began to evolve through the line of Japhet. We Hebrews, Israelites, we came from Shem and we followed the Torah. We followed the Ten Commandments. We followed the Holy Scriptures of the Most High. Christianity was not something we followed. It was not our history. Our history was going to Yah himself and asking for direction like Samuel would do and get a word for the people. That's how the Israelites lived their lives. When they were not in disobedience and when they were not in sin, that's how they lived their lives. They had a leader or someone that was tuned in to, to Yah and was listening to Yah to make sure the people were doing what he wanted them to do. And also too, to be able to fight the enemy. In this life, there is a devil, there is Satan that's always there to tempt us and also there to agitate us and to make us get off course to what Yah has us to do. If he's there to tempt us, then we have to make sure that we hear from Yah to combat that. And that's what the Israelites and their leaders were trained to do was seek the Most High as to, okay, how do we combat this particular enemy? How do we get around this demon? How, how do we get around this imp? If we're not doing this now, how do we survive? How do we even make it through the day? If we're not going to the throne room, going to the throne of Yah, and asking him, what's next? What do I do? How do I protect my family? This virus could be airborne. Is it in the water? Is it in the food? Are people intentionally going around making sure that this virus spreads? We know it's man-made, but what's the intent? We have to hear from the Most High to even move out of our houses now. We're, we're confined to our homes. So what do we do next? And at this time, we need to know what is truth, and what is not truth, what is false, what is a lie. This rapture was taught to us. Knowingly, the word rapture is not in the Bible. 
So where did it come from? Well, there was a young girl by the name of Margaret McDonald. She was born in 1815. She died in 1840. She lived for 25 years. She was from Scotland, from the line of Japhet. She had a pre-tribulation vision and she wrote it down in 1830, which means she was about 15 years old when she had this vision. This young girl from Japhet's lineage in Scotland, she has this vision. This vision is found in Robert Norton's memoirs of James and George MacDonald of Port Glasgow, 1840, pages 171 through 176. The theory is also in the Norton's The Restoration of Apostles and Prophets in the Catholic Apostolic Church, 1861, page 15 through 18. So Margaret lived with her two older brothers. They were very charismatic. They would have prayer meetings and healing ministries and they would speak in tongues and they were very just charismatic. She lived with them. So Margaret wrote down her vision and this is a part of her vision. Only those who have the light of God within them will see the sign of his appearance. No need to follow them who say, see here or see there, for his days shall be as a lightning to those in whom the living Christ is. This Christ in us that will lift us up, he is the light. Tis only those that are alive in him that will be caught up to meet him in the air. I say that we must be in the spirit that we might see spiritual things. This is her vision. She wrote it down. And this is where we get the rapture from. Margaret McDonald, a 15-year-old girl who her and her brothers were having charismatic meetings in the 1800s. As they had these meetings, people would come from everywhere to see exactly what they were doing. Some said, this is truly the work of the Holy Spirit, and others said it was very demonic. One of those who said it was demonic was John Nelson Darby. He was from the Brethren religion. He was born in Westminster, London, the youngest of six sons. He is the father of dispensationalism, another area of Christianity that we get this rapture theology from. His father and mother, John Darby and Ann Vaughn, were very wealthy. In fact, his mother, Ann Vaughn, her family owned hundreds of slaves, from 300 to 700 slaves Miss Ann Vaughn's family owned. John Darby, his father, his lineage can be traced back to Queen Elizabeth, the Earl of Sussex. Yes, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle of Sussex. He attended Westminster School and graduated from Dublin's Trinity College. His mother was Unitarian. Unitarians believed in individual freedom and reasoning your religious matters, kind of doing it your own way, whatever makes you happy or makes you feel good. That's kind of what the Unitarian religion was about. John Nelson Darby later became an Anglican priest, and that's when he joined the Brethren. Now, Anglican beliefs come from the Church of England. Again, this is all Japhet. The Romans joined with the Celts and formed their theological beliefs. The Brethren beliefs were very strict. They were separate from the world. They had no contact with the world. They didn't want any association with the world. They felt like they needed to be separated from the world to actually do God's work. And so they had no relationships with people that were not a part of their religion of the brethren. Kind of sounds like a cult, but anyway. In fact, the brethren religion wasn't even enough for John Darby and his, his followers because they left the open brethren religion and formed the exclusive brethren religion, also called Plymouth Brethren religion. John Nelson Darby believed in dispensationalism. 
which is the Bible was divided in certain orders or periods of time, saying there were seven dispensations. And these seven dispensations is a, a lot of time that you have to do whatever God wants you to do in those times. He would preach this doctrine to whoever would listen. John Nelson Darby's religion had two aspects to it. The first one was he believed that Israel was an ethnic nation and it was separate from the Christian church. He wanted to make two distinctions, that there was Israel and the ethnic nation, the Hebrews, and there was the Christian church. He said the Christian church were saved individuals in the present dispensation, and they will be raptured later on. So how is he determining that the Christians are separate from the ethnic nation of Israel, the Hebrews, Yah's chosen people? This is the foundation of Christianity dispensationalism, another advocate for the rapture. The second aspect to John Nelson Darby's theories was the aspects of the rapture. And he said, at the rapture, Christ will come for his saints, the Christian church. So he made this distinction that this rapture was only going to be for his people that were part of his church, the Christian church. He said the second coming will be Christ coming with his saints to get those who remained. So there's the rapture where Christ will come for his saints, the Christian church. And then second will be the coming of Christ when he actually comes back and sets things in order. These teachings he spread across the land, the world, whoever would listen to him. They became very popular in their teachings. In fact, uh, Schofield, we have the Schofield Bible today. He published Darby's ideas in his reference Bible, the Schofield Reference Bible. Mind you, Darby also made his own version of the New Testament. And during this time that he was living, there was slavery going on. We were being shipped all over the world, and I researched and researched as much as I could to see what was John Nelson Darby's stance on slavery during this time, since he was such an advocate on making sure everyone lived by the Bible and lived per the Christian ideology that he separated himself even from the brethren religion to have exclusive religion just for the brethren and then to separate that even further that you know there's this ethnic nation of Israel is different from the Christian church how do you separate the two yes we the Israelites have fallen to sin and disobedience but that's that doesn't separate the fact of who we are that we still love Yah there's there's many of us that still love and serve Yah that want to follow the commandments and the Torah but he had this clear distinction of the two as if okay we don't want anything to do with them because he was very exclusive in what he believed this is the foundation of the Christian church he's telling us he's separate from us the Israelites and his Christian church will be the church to be raptured away where there's no rapture in the Bible. So you have Margaret McDonald and you and you have John Nelson Darby filtrating and promoting this theology of the rapture taking place, of us being taken out of the earth immediately, and then the second coming of, of Christ coming to take the Christian church. The foundation of the rapture has come from a 15-year-old girl. No one knows who her parents are just her older brothers having charismatic meetings, doing their own thing, following their own interpretation of the Bible, people coming, some saying it's okay, some saying it's demonic, and then you have John Nelson Darby coming. He also said it was demonic, but at the same time, he took her version of the rapture and believed it and began to preach that version of the rapture to as many people that would listen. These are the same 
theories that are being explained and taught in the Christian church today. There's been hundreds of years of people teaching a theory from a 15-year-old girl and then from John Nelson Darby where his family was very questionable and also to his practices have been exclusive, which was totally against the ways of Yeshua. He believed in welcoming everyone, those who were in sin, those who believed, those who did not believe, to love them, to bring them in, into the kingdom. So both of their foundations don't make any sense and leaves us no reason to follow their interpretation. So why are we? Why are we telling everyone there's a rapture taking place and we're going to be zapped out of here? And if you read the Bible, there are no instances where y'all just came and said, okay, you guys have gone through enough. I'm going to take you out of here. Bam. You're going to be gone. That never happened. We saw Enoch. He walked with God all the way up to heaven, but it wasn't a group of people, a nation of people or the Christian church that he's going to zap out of here and take with him to heaven. It doesn't make sense. And it's sad that we as a people never researched what was taught to us. We were just told from the slave master and we believed it and carried it on from generation to generation, never going and reading and say, wait a minute, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Where did it come from? And why are we preaching this? It makes no sense. And then to find that the foundation of this came from a 15 year old girl and her vision who had no parents or her parents aren't mentioned and then John Nelson Darby coming his family have a history of slaves he's making a distinction that okay these black Hebrews is not a part of the Christian church they're totally different we get it we see you John Nelson Darby we see you and that explains how the Christian church has evolved into the segregation and how you have this color predominantly at this particular church and then another color at a predominantly different church because the foundation of it was actually birthed that way. John Nelson Darby was very exclusive in his stance. Yes, he wanted to serve God, but he was very exclusive and did not want to be a part of the Israelite culture or the Hebrews, the black folks, Judah, Israel. That was us. That says a lot. So why are we following this religion where the foundation of it is they didn't want anything to do with us? But we go back to the Bible, to the scripture, to find our source of reference, to find what is truth and decipher what is false. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For Yah himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the shofar of Yah, and the dead in Mashiach shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, and remain here means survive, those who have endured to the end, those who have stood strong, those who did not give up, that's what remain means, shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet Yah in the air. And so shall we ever be with Yah. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So there's only one time Yeshua is coming. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. There's no rapture. He's coming one time. So we have to endure on this earth, endure the pandemics, endure the genocide, endure the mistreatment, endure the racism, endure until Yeshua comes and gathers us from this place. For Ezra chapter 6 verse 9, Esau is the end of the world, Jacob is the beginning that follows. Esau joined with Japhet and became Rome. Esau and Japhet is the end of the world, Jacob is the beginning of that which is to come. For Ezra 
is not a part of the Bible. We see now why. We learned in episode 15 that Yeshua would come and deal with all of our enemies in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, the Valley of Judgment. Esau, Japhet, is the end of the world. Jacob, Israel, is the beginning. For Ezra 6 and 25, whosoever remains from all these that I have told you that shall escape and see my Yeshua and the end of your world. For Ezra 8, 1, he answered me saying, El Elyon has made the world for many, but the world to come for few. Ezra thirteen sixteen, woe unto them that shall be left in those days and much woe unto them that are not left behind. I read it again for Ezra thirteen sixteen. Woe unto them that shall be left in those days and much woe unto them that are not left behind. Those who remain will be better off. Those who are taken, as they say, he said much woe unto them because those who are taken are the ones that will be destroyed. So we want to remain. We don't want to be raptured for Ezra 13 verse 23 and 24. He that shall endure the peril in that time has kept himself. They that be fallen into danger or such as have works and believe toward Yah. Know this therefore, that they which be left behind are more blessed than they that be dead. Those who remain through all of the hell, the trials, the tribulations, blessed are those who endure until the end being steadfast, unmovable, always abounded in the word of Yah. This isn't an easy feat. First of all, we have disobeyed the Father over and over again. And look at the state of the church now. It's like a gathering to come and have a good time, but no one is really leaving change as to their lives or turning towards the things of the Most High, the way they live, what they listen to, what they watch how they treat each other, how they treat their family, how they govern themselves accordingly to what the Bible requires of us. We are living in this time where it's okay to, to sin. It's okay to live your life how you want to. Grace is there, but that's not why grace was created. Grace was there to help us live a life of holiness and righteousness unto Yah. Grace allowed us to have access back into the place where Yah resides because before we had to kill animals and sacrifice those animals, but Yeshua came that we no longer had to sacrifice an animal, but we were able to take his sacrifice. And from him, we have redemption and forgiveness for our sins. We have not obeyed. So we have to go through the pandemics, go through the issues and the peril of this time. We have not been taught the ways of all of the scripture, which is, again, explains why these pivotal books of the Bible were taken out because they didn't want us to know this. They did not want us to know that <laughs> Jacob is the beginning of the new world and that Esau, Japhet, your time is up. I'm not speaking death of anyone. I'm just reading the scripture of what the Bible says. Those who endure, we have to endure whatever's about to take place. We have to hunker down. We have to get into the Bible get into the Torah, get into the scriptures, understand from Genesis to Revelation who we are as a people, read the Apocrypha and read the books that are out there that are verifying these truths of who we are, get steadfast, unmovable, get back to the basics 
of who we are as a people, seeking the most high for ourselves, knowing what's next, knowing what's to come. And in this season where we're all secluded and have to remain at our homes, many people are having issues with this. There are people that are, you know, just want to get out and do something and they don't like being confined in one place. And you have parents now trying to teach their children, which they were used to educators teaching their children. They're realizing the, the great task to teach these, these children. But I see it as Yah's grace. He's allowing us to come home. Some are working from home and protecting us from what's out there. For them to make a shelter in place or to shelter at our homes allows for the plague to pass over us. But we have to put the blood of Yeshua on our doorpost. And so in this season that we're at home, it's given us a chance to spend more time with our family. It's, it's given us a chance to learn the scriptures again, research the scriptures for ourselves and under, get an understanding for ourselves of what Yah is saying to his people, to Judah, to Israel, and to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are not forgotten. Those who believe and understand who we are, you're engrafted in. You're, you're part of us as well. If you believe that who we are and you believe that Yeshua came for the lost children of Israel, which was us, Judah, and the other tribes of, of Israel, and you believe Yeshua died and accepted him into your heart, you're, you're indeed engrafted in. At this time, we can spend more time with our family, and also it's a time to pour into our children. We don't know what these school systems have been feeding our children. We know they're not teaching them the truth. They're not teaching them the truth of who we are as a people and what they did to us from slavery into now. So this is our time as parents, as guardians, to teach our children the truth, to teach our children the truth of who we are as a people, to teach our children the Torah, to teach our kids the commandments. This is a great time because I see this as a shield that Yah is protecting our children. You know, around this time, this time to the end of the year, they're normally school shootings. So Yah's protecting our children from the school shootings, protecting our kids from the pedophiles and things that are trying to get our kids. They're home and we pray that most of our children are safe. There's some that may not be and we pray for them that the blood of Yeshua covers those children, those who have destructive home patterns and, and don't have the necessities to, to eat um, and to, to live in, in peace. We pray for them. We cover them with the blood of Yeshua and pray that the angels guard them wherever those children are all over the world. We pray that the blood covers them. But this is a time for a new perspective that, okay, this is y'all getting us to a place by ourselves. We're isolated. We're silencing the noise and we're getting into position to hear from the throne room of the Most High. Our children are here. We're able to protect them, to guard over them, to make sure that we know ourselves what's going in our children and what's coming out of our children. When we send them off to school, we don't know who is influencing them. We don't know what they're seeing. We don't know what they're listening to. We're not even sure what is what's going on at those schools. So this is a time for y'all to really come in and have its way over our children, over our families, and to get start a new relationship with him and to love him again and to just really just take a pause and allow y'all to direct our next step. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that y'all holds our future. The rapture is not going to happen. We will have to endure until the end get into the word, fast, pray, seek the most high, understand that there is no easy way out of this. 
we have to walk through it and those who endure who stand unmovable abounding the word of the most high not wavering no weapon forming against us prospering but we have our eyes attentive to Yah that we're going to finish this race and finish strong and that we're going to fulfill every purpose he's destined for our lives our children will also fulfill every purpose that Yah has destined for their lives and we take this time and appreciate the most high for this time and we're thankful for this time to come as a family to center our hearts and our minds back on what's important and what's important is Yah, the creator of heaven and earth, his next move, and what we need to do to prepare for that next move. As we seek truth, seek truth with us. Please send comments or questions to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything, but we seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth war, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you free. Truth wars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see my podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.